0: Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? True, Charlie
2: Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Seeing isn't believing. Believing
0: is seeing. Best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear.
2: Welcome to another episode of Tis the Podcast. A podcast that's determined to keep the Christmas spirit alive 365 days per year. I'm Anthony. I'm Tom. I'm Julia. Julia, you were last. You're hey supposed guys. to be, I'm Julia.
1: Oh, I should have I should have done the Tom Julia. You should have. So you guys look tired. Is that cuz you're both an hour later than Oklahoma?
0: We are this weekend next.
1: Because you're in New York at the same time?
0: <laughs> we are. We got to hang We got to hang out yesterday. We did get a hang so out
1: cool. yesterday. Left we'll left out.
0: Yeah, uh, Anthony and Sarah drove into the city. And they met me at my hotel right after I got off my plane. And we went and had dinner. And Julia, we went to walked into a random bar that was Route 66 themed.
1: <gasps> That's cool. I, the mother road.
0: I just felt like, you know, I'm leaving Tulsa. I don't really need the reminder of it right now. But it was good. <laughs> it was good. And it was fun, so fun finally meeting you in person, Tom. Anthony and I get along much better in real life than we do on here much better
1: do you really (laughs) yeah
2: well well, and i'll say too tom mentioned it in person like not awkward at all felt very comfortable
0: no it was kind of weird when you thought about it
2: i assume it would feel the same with you too like i mean we talk every week makes sense
0: No, i feel weird i
1: mean i would hope we have we do yeah talk every week
0: well we talk like almost every day and skype say you
1: feel weird. weird
0: i feel weird every time i'm with julia
1: I do have that effect
0: on people. <laughs> so, Tom, what do you think of New York? Well, the reason I'm being asked this question right now is because I have to apologize. I am staying in Manhattan this time, and I've not smelled human excrement once. It's very nice. It's a little trashy every night, but other than that, it's good. <laughs> have,
2: you do- have you had a chance to do any touristy stuff? or literally just work
0: no it's just been work um i'm trying to get out on an earlier flight tomorrow but if i don't i'm going to the 9 11 memorial i feel like i need at least to that just the memorial or into the museum
2: oh,
0: too yeah i'll probably go into the museum too Museum. i mean both are so well done but the museum is definitely worth it if you have time you need to come to oklahoma to the oklahoma city bombing memorial museum i do need to get out there
1: you look like you're gonna put that high on your priority list
0: no i mean you yes all
1: the I am. You show
0: it. it is it is in oklahoma city and it is unbelievable <laughs> you you can show me
2: the hotel that chandler supposedly stayed at while he was in tulsa <laughs> I'm, jo- I'm, I'm joking guys i know there there you go. uh I, i'm not coming i'm just making this clear now i'm not coming out to tulsa so i get a guarantee that i'll get to meet julia at least for five minutes <laughs> because if I'm flying out to Tulsa, I would like to see both of them. I can
1: guarantee them. that. <laughs> I could probably make that happen. <laughs>
2: <laughs> probably. <laughs> I do have to say though, Tom is maybe not as bad as he'd been writing on him. <laughs> I'm not prepared to say he's the worst. <laughs> I'm prepared I say to say maybe,
1: maybe not as bad.
2: I, I was going to fully retract this statement, but then he, you know, he was 15 minutes late for recording tonight.
0: I was out uh, with some um, with a bunch of people for my new job. I I run community, and we have some of our uh, rock star community members. We took them out to dinner tonight, and it was pretty great. But you
2: being late tonight is not the only reason I'm saying that either. On the day you flew into town, when you we were supposed to meet, you switched back and forth like five times that there was actually going to happen <laughs> to, the, to the point To the point Julia messaged in our slack group and said, Anthony's going to have some real trust issues with you, Tom, after this." And I replied, "Going to <laughs> But Tom can't did blame that on Tom him, but Tom came to New York bearing gifts which are awesome. Our new Tis the Podcast hoodie and our You Serious Clark Tis the Podcast t-shirt, which is awesome. I got compliments on the hoodie
0: finally. I'm wearing both tonight.
2: Yay! Um, They're awesome. Who complimented you on the hoodie?
0: Um, I got complimented by a guy who is one of our community people here at the conference and a random person on New York said they liked the uh, Christmas tree.
1: Oh, Thanks, random person in New York.
2: You
0: need to come back around
2: Christmas, and then we can go visit the tree wearing our Tis a Podcast, yes. right?
1: That would be awesome. That'd be so. And awesome. you would
2: have to come then too, Julia, because that would be would. our new group picture in our hoodies in front of the tree. That would be awesome.
1: Yeah, that would be awesome. I'm down for that.
2: Speaking of New York at Christmas time tonight, we are covering 2015's the night before julia do you want to give us a plot synopsis
1: sure for the last 10 years lifelong buddies ethan isaac and chris have gathered for christmas eve to celebrate the holidays with a bang as isaac prepares to become a first-time father and chris's fame is really starting to take off his friends realize that their annual tradition is coming to a sad end to make their last Christmas Eve as memorable as possible, they plan a night of debauchery and hilarity by searching for the Nutcracker Ball, the Holy Grail of Christmas parties in New York.
0: So,
2: this movie was directed by Jonathan Levine, who did 50-50, Warm Bodies, Rush, Mike and Dave Need Wedding Dates, Snatched, and Long Shot. The upcoming Long Shot. Have you guys seen long it? Shot with Charlize
1: Theron and this guy again, Seth Rogen. Seth
2: Rogen. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I just saw a preview for that.
2: Yeah, I did too, actually. Just like Facebook? recently. Yeah, Facebook. <laughs> yeah,
1: Facebook. Yep.
2: Um, the screenplay was also written by Jonathan Levine, who wrote Shards, Love Bites, and Warm Bodies. Um, Kyle Hunter, who wrote Sausage Party and Future and some episodes of Future Man on Hulu. Ariel Schaefer, who did Sausage Party on Future Man as well, and Evan Goldberg, who worked on The Ali G Show, Superbad, Pineapple Express, Green Hornet, The Watch, This Is The End, The Interview, Sausage Party, Neighbors 2, Sorority Rising, Preacher. The music was done by Marco Beltrami, who's doing the upcoming Twilight Zone reboot, um, a quiet, who did The Quiet Place, The Snowman, Logan, Ben-Hur, uh, Lucifer, Fantastic Four, The Giver, Carrie, The Wolverine, World War Z, The Scream Trilogy, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, and a lot of other stuff. Live Free or Die Hard, Hellboy. So he has a pretty big uh, repertoire to his name. Huh. Um, he partnered with, My- he collaborated with Miles Hankins, who didn't really have anything to his name. So. And this movie stars Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Ethan Miller, he was in Ten Things I Hate About You, Fifty Fifty, The Dark Knight Rises, Third Reference the Sun, Angels in the Outfield, Looper, Lincoln, Inception, Five Hundred Days of Summer, Dom John, The Walks, Snowden, G. Uh, G. I. Joe: Rise of Cobra, and a lot of other stuff.
1: I love Angels in the Outfield. Can I just tell you, I love that movie so much.
0: I That's had no idea a- he was in it.
1: He was the kid. He was the kid. <laughs>
0: I, I'm going to have Little. to watch it again. I haven't seen it in probably 30 years. That's just oh, nuts. So good. He, he's
2: in a lot of good
0: stuff. He is. I like good stuff. I love 10 Things I Hate About You. We good. talked about that in depth, but I, love, <laughs> I can't say it enough. <laughs> this movie also stars
2: Seth Rogen as Isaac Greenberg, who's in Freaks and Geeks. That's where got his start. Uh, the 40-year-old virgin, Knocked Up. This is the end. Funny People 50-50. Steve Jobs, Superbad, Pineapple Express, The Green Hornet. The interview, Horton Hears a Who, The Kung Fu Panda Trilogy, Sausage Party, The Spiderwick Chronicles, Monsters vs. Aliens, Paul, and in, he's <coughs> going to be in the upcoming Lion King and Longshot, which I mentioned earlier. Who is he in the upcoming Lion King?
1: Yeah, what voice is he?
2: Pumbaa. <laughs> I knew it. it, oh, He's Pumbaa Pumba and Billy Eichner's Timon. Oh, oh Craig? Craig cannot...
0: from
1: Parks and Rec?
0: Craig.
2: Is...
1: He is Craig from yeah. Parks and Rec. Okay, all right.
0: Super obnoxious.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: that. Mm.
0: I don't like that makeup. I don't at all. I, I sorry, Billy Eichner cannot replace Nathan Lane. That's just he when he talks blocks, me. though. If you do, have you ever seen Billy on the street? He has a very similar pitch and tone to Nathan Lane.
2: Well, like all when I, I know when of I read him his casting, I was like, okay, that makes sense if you're not bringing back Nathan Lane.
0: Oh, like, well, why not bring back Nathan Lane?
2: Yeah. Because if they brought back all the original voice cast, why remake it at all?
1: But they do stay extremely faithful to the animated versions. And they're bringing back Mufasa. Mm.
2: Well, you can't replace... You cannot replace... That would be like remaking Star Wars and not getting him to do Darth Vader's voice. You can't replace james earl jones and anything
1: i think you walk a fine line with some of these At like i could argue that nathan lane is the same way for this movie
0: i would argue that nathan lane is the same way for this movie i
1: can see what's happening i mean you, you're not i don't know that they're going to be able to make that the same i don't know i have high skepticism on these
2: movies anyway the, did you guys see the trailer for aladdin
1: yes which is what's feeding this anger in my body the, <laughs> oh. <the> genie <laughs> Jasmine I thought that was so you know, the Aladdin first
2: That it looked good to me. He looked good to me. The I haven't seen the new one. The biggest problem I had with that trail was Jafar.
1: Yeah, Jafar's not doing it for me.
2: He's supposed to be an older, creepy guy. Yeah, you know, and he's... Young, good-looking dude with a yeah. high voice. Who's playing yeah. Jafar? I don't know the I actor. don't even
1: know who but the actor is. Like,
2: he looks like he's Aladdin's age. Maybe a little older.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not... Not what you would expect.
2: I'm sure we could do like a whole episode on the Disney remakes at some point, which could actually be interesting, like to debate them. But I think the Jungle Book one was actually better than the animated one.
1: Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but the Jungle Book one was great.
2: I hated the Jungle Book animated movie, so it's not a high bar for me. Oh, I liked it. Uh, Anthony Mackie plays Chris Roberts in this film. And he's best known as playing the Falcon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, he was also in Eight Mile, Brother to Brother, The Hurt Locker, Altered Carbon, and All the Way. Uh, Lizzie Kaplan played Diana. And she was probably still best known for Mean Girls. But she's been in a lot of stuff too. She's in Freesome Geeks, Cloverfield, Masters of Sex, Hot Tub Time Machine, 127 Hours, Interview, Now You See Me Two, and Allied. Mindy Kaling plays sarah in this movie she was in the office mindy project inside out despicable me wreck it ralph a wrinkle in time oceans eight and late night jillian bell plays betsy greenberg in this movie and she's in workaholics Bound and down 22 jump street and fistfight michael shannon i always forget every time i see this movie that he's in it he played mr green and he was in Man of Steel, Revolutionary Road, Nocturnal Animals, 99 Homes, 8 Mile, Groundhog Day, Pearl Harbor, Bad Boys 2, The Shape of Water, Bard Work Empire, and a bunch of
0: other stuff. Mm-hmm. So we had a double a double casting from 8 Mile, too. Interesting. Huh. Le- Lorraine Toussaint, does that pronounce her last name,
2: played yes. Mrs. Roberts. And she was in Breaking In, Hudson Hawk, Dangerous Minds, Any Day Now, Law and Order, Crossing Jordan, Saving Grace, Ugly Betty, Friday Night Lights, the Fosters, Middle of Nowhere, Orange Is New Black, and Selma. Uh, Alana Glazer played Rebecca Grinch, and she was in she's on Broad City. She was in Rough Night, Inside Amy Schumer, BoJack Horseman. Tracy Morgan has a cameo as the narrator slash Santa Claus, and he's on SNL, Dirty Rock, The Last O.G., Cop Out, Rio and Rio Two, Fist Fight. He's going to be in the upcoming animated Scooby-Doo movie. He was a host of Scare Tactics for a while.
1: Oh my gosh, you, I'd forgotten about that show.
2: I used, to, I used to like it when Shannon Doherty hosted it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, He also was on the Tracy Morgan show, and he's also going to star in the upcoming Twilight Zone reboot. James Franco has a cameo as himself in this movie. And he's in a bunch of stuff, Spider-Man, 127 Hours, This is the End, uh, Planet of the Apes films, Freaks and Geeks, he was on General Hospital, The Nay, Love, Disaster Artist, and he's also a part-time teacher at NYU. What does he teach? English Lit. He has a doctorate.
1: Are you serious?
2: Yeah, yeah, apparently, he's like incredibly smart, apparently. Yeah, I saw this whole like big thing with him. And he's also a, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He's like a Tolkien expert, like knows everything about Lord of the Rings, the Similarian, the Hobbit, J.R.R. Tolkien's life. Like him and Stephen, what, there's a great Stephen Colbert episode because Colbert uh, one too, where they keep trying to outsmart one another. That clip's worth really? watching. Yeah, and then Miley Cyrus plays herself as well. And I don't know if she was X in much, but she was in Hannah Montana. Quite cast. Per- it is quite the cast. So let's start with histories and overall
0: impressions of the film. I've seen part of this movie before. I did not finish it. Um, and then I watched it on the airplane. And there was a lady <laughs> sitting next to me. And the scene comes up where Seth Rogen is holding a phone and gets text pictures of James Franco's penis. Well, penis. Oh, I'm trying not to say words like that for our viewers or our listeners. I said,
1: Business.
0: Well, okay. I'm a little gun shy after this experience. When the a, a woman sitting next to me looks over and sees it, and then looks at me to wonder what the <laughs> hell <heck> I'm watching. <laughs> uh, uh, I look like some sort of dirty James Franco-like sex pervert.
1: AKA <laughs> <laughs> <Okay, laughs> Seth Rogen.
0: AKA Tom Crow. No, I mean, I mean James Franco. I mean, he's had a, what how, five women alleged sexual misconduct. Is he? I think so. Am I crazy? I didn't. I didn't know that. And I'm not like. Okay. Well, we'll get into that. I'm not the biggest James Franco
2: fan. I like a lot. I like. Well, we'll get into that when we talk about it. But so it's not like I'm defending him as a person. I just legitimately didn't hear that about him. Yeah, he's on the 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 Vox list. Interesting. I always find it fascinating how some people's careers go away like that, like Kevin Spacey, and then people like James Franco are still out there. Like how. You know, what's the mitigating factor there? Why some survive and some don't. But anyway, so you had a bad experience on the plane.
0: The movie is, is I get what it's going for, but it is really, really, really immature. Julia.
1: I uh, saw it for the first time. I was early on this one, which is extra funny why it took us so long to actually get around to recording this is like, I'm never Johnny on the spot. I usually watch it the day we record this one. I'm like, I'm going to get my homework done early. And then
2: I'm just going to interject and say me too for the first time.
1: (laughs) (laughs) How funny is that? Um, Yeah, I, we all know my my distaste for movies of this nature, especially when they're Christmas. I may have liked this one better than the other raunchy one we've covered previously office Christmas party, but not by a lot. It's just not my bag. You know. About you, Anthony.
2: I saw this movie when it came out in theaters. I probably agree with you. I like it more than the other raunchy ones we've covered. And that's mainly for me because underneath this story there's a lot of heart. And the heart is what makes me really like this movie. But at the same time, while I like it more than the other the other two raunchy Christmas comedies we've covered so far, it probably has the most this one probably has the most, the most stuff I could get rid of compared to the mm-hmm. other two, even yeah. though overall, because I think it has the most heart of the three we've done so far, I think I, that puts over the edge and makes me like it more than the other ones we've done, if that makes sense. So for those who haven't seen Joseph Lord, Gordon-Levitt's character, Ethan, uh, his parents basically died um, Christmas Eve in a car crash years ago, so his friends being good friends, started spending Christmas Eve with him to, because they know it's a hard time for him, so they used to spend the night together every Christmas Eve, but now, like ten years later, one's expecting their first child, the other's getting too famous, he's being recognized everywhere, so they're kind of putting an end to this tradition, which upsets ethan understandably um, and there's basically so they basically spend one last Christmas Eve together. But there are a bunch of subplots, so basically Anthony Mackey's character, Chris, is a football player who's trying to impress his teammates by getting weed for them, For and they're going to meet up at the Nutcracker Ball later on. Uh, Seth Rogen's wife decides to give him a last hurrah before he becomes a father and gives him every drug on the known universe to take. And he spends his night in a paranoid haze. And uh, Ethan's trying to get them to the Nutcracker Ball when they run into his ex, his serious ex, Diana. They ended on bad terms, but it's clear he's still in love with her. Mm-hmm. And um, while there, Seth Rogen's phone gets mixed up with Mindy Kaling's phone. And it's basically this chase to get the phone back because his life can go into labor anytime now. And so his priority is to get the phone back. Anthony Mackie's is to get the weed and Joseph Gordon-Levitz to get them all to the ball and see Diana and everything like that. So there are a few different subplots. Mm -hmm. And I'll say right now, the one I could do with that because it was over the top for me is the Seth Rogen one getting
0: high on every drug imaginable. Okay. Not only is that completely irrational to think that could possibly happen, but For his friends to sit back and know that he's having this horrible trip mixed with, like he's got this horrible trip from acid mixed with him getting high on cocaine and just going back and forth. These are some terrible friends, right? I mean, it's just awful and not believable at all. Because he's supposed to be a lawyer now, right? Yeah, I... If you're saying his profession would
2: preclude him from doing stuff, I would say look around in real life. I would say a lot of the people with really good
0: professions are probably... uh, I doubt they're going out tripping on acid <laughs> in the middle of the, in the middle of like everybody.
1: Also, Seth Rogen is a lawyer. No, no, never, ever, ever.
0: And I can't imagine a lawyer going into a church and doing what he did, and it being okay afterwards. <laughs> I, yeah, I did I... appreciate the Hanukkah sweater on him when he
2: was forced to sit in church. That made me laugh. <laughs>
1: There are some pretty, so I wonder if that's a trope they took. Think about there are some, we've, in the movies we've covered in the time we've been doing this, we've hit some pretty hilarious church scenes with families, with, you know, thinking about while you were sleeping, Bad Mom's Christmas, that was one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie, was that church scene. Um, It's a pretty funny place to set. You can make some pretty drastic, what's it called? when things are totally different and out of place, but you stick them together.
2: Contrasts.
1: Yes. Contrasts. (laughs) (laughs) So I can say that I did appreciate that. Like when I saw that something was going to go down in the church, I'm like, okay, I might be in it for this. This is going to be funny. And then it bombed a little bit for me. But, um,
2: yeah, but I, I didn't need him to puke in the church. I would have been fine with him sitting there silently freaking out, looking at the, okay. <laughs> looking at the crucifix, and knowing he's you know wearing the Jewish sweater and being paranoid <laughs> silently. I didn't need him to puke and then run out screaming. We didn't. Mm. Like if it, it, was, if it, it was, was over the top, that would have been funnier if he was mm-hmm. just doing the paranoid looks.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I'll tell you though, my favorite subplot though.
1: Yes. What? <laughs>
2: the grinch the grinch they kept calling her the grinch who kept stealing uh,
0: <laughs> dude i loved her
2: <laughs> um so she stole the weed anthony Mackey had procured right and then what she stole the cell phone too or i forget i watched this a week and a half ago she sold his weed twice she stole it twice she right? stole his weed twice yeah and they give chase, and she has some. Pre- she has some pretty funny lines
0: and moments
2: in this film. She, I, I love that she idolizes Hans Gruber,
0: and st- yeah. remember, remember After- the second time she stole his weed, it was with the sticky band at hand.
2: Yep, yep. She's
1: <laughs> like the Christmas antihero.
2: Yeah, she. I mean, and she. Uh, She home-aloned them. She kept Mm home-aloning them at one point. He calls Mm -hmm. it out. She home-aloned me. (laughs) (laughs) So. I think, yeah,
1: it's the things like that that helped push this one over the, I totally forgot about Bad Mom's Christmas when we talked about raunchy Christmas movies. Um, I was thinking Office Christmas Party. um, But I did like, like the things that were good about this movie, I liked more than the things that were good about the other two. Like this one outweighed. And a lot of it was that kind of that Christmas ephemera stuff. Yeah, and and it was very Christmassy feeling. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean,
1: I really liked. I liked the atmosphere. Um, I got the feels. I just could do without the hard drugs, explicit,
0: and male genitalia. (laughs) Well, oh, really could
1: do without that. Really could do without
0: that. (laughs) That and the bathroom scene, and yeah, Mm -hmm. and this. I get what they were going for. like they, So so the movie has the ghost, the three Christmas ghosts of a Christmas Carol trope in it. Mm-hmm. And the first one we meet is the ghost of Christmas future for some reason. <laughs> and the future is Seth Rogen's daughter is a stripper and his wife, like they're cheering and supporting her. Make,
2: well, no, she's cheering and supporting her. Seth Rogen is sitting there horrified.
0: Yeah, th- that's what I mean. She, The mom, he's, he, yeah, the mom's there, like cheering and supporting her. Um, Bad choices. Yeah, um, that was just a weird way. To, that was just a weird way to introduce that trope.
1: Well, and a wife that gives her husband as a send off a gigantic box full of every drug known to man is exerting Wait, so questionable. That, that wasn't
2: normal. That wasn't normal when Sarah sent me on my bachelor party with that.
1: You say that wasn't like a question? That was a question. <laughs> <laughs> <Not> normal. <laughs> she just has it stashed away. Oh. I'm a total prude. I totally get it and I'm happy to admit it, but like drugs aren't funny to me. I don't know why. I get why they're funny probably to a lot of other people and I feel like it probably should be funny, but they're just not funny to me.
0: I think it'd be funnier if we didn't have to have it crammed down our throats in every Seth Rogen movie, right?
1: Yeah, that's why I don't like him really because he's a one trick pony and the trick he does doesn't make me laugh. You know, like Adam Sandler is a one trick pony, but like his trick is funny to me.
2: Have you watched his stuff recently? This came up in New York. So Sarah likes a lot of Adam Sandler movies. Mm-hmm. And the other day we were watching AMC because Mrs. Daffire was on and immediately after went into Billy Madison and Happy Gilmore. Yeah. And two movies Sarah loves. She likes a lot of Adam Sandler's older school stuff. She got 15 minutes into Billy Madison. and It's like, I don't, can't watch this. It's not for <laughs> me anymore. She said that She
0: said it was like it was clearly made for middle school her, but she can't watch it anymore. We had tried. We had tried Billy Madison back in the day, and it was just like it was so obnoxious. I stopped watching old Adam Sandler movies because I don't want to. I don't yeah. want to. I don't want that. That my nostalgia to be over. I don't want to root off Adam Sandler movies.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! Is it a verb? Is it a I verb just, now?
2: I just verbed it.
1: Oh man! That I veto that for you.
2: I veto that. A hard veto turning Rudolph into a ver. How dare you, Tom? You're the worst again. Don't don't
0: Rudolph this right now, Anthony. Please don't <laughs> Rudolph this.
2: You're the worst. How <laughs> do you ruin everything, Charlie Brown? Yeah, I feel
1: the same way about Seth Rogen as I do James Franco, and I don't know if that's me not being able to get past stuff or what, but that has a lot to do with why I don't. Wasn't excited about the movie and won't watch it again. It's just not my thing. Love Joseph Gordon-Levitt, though. This is not my favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt. All will in the mood. The main musical number in this movie is a rousing rendition of three friends singing. It was it.
0: perfect for this movie.
1: <laughs> Christmas and <in> Hollis. <laughs> It was perfect for this movie. And that's not a tongue-in-cheek. I don't like the movie, so the song was perfect. It really was perfect for this movie. Um, And I I may not love the song, but three guy friends that have been doing this for years and years who like to party on Christmas Eve and are guy friends, it's perfect. It's the only song they could have sung that made sense. It is. So, I
2: I get. I'm just excited for an excuse to use it as the end send-off music.
1: Yeah, I knew that. I knew that was coming, (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, in my defense, there's nothing else for this movie you could use as the end music for if you were gonna yeah. pick something from the movie.
0: No, no, no. I mean, there was other music, but none of it was. I mean, like they made a big deal about that, right? Yeah.
2: So, so what I find funny is you could tell, like, so these comedies are don't have the biggest budgets. That's why they're always so successful because they make them on a low budget. But it's funny. So you wouldn't be able to tell watching something like you know, Knocked Up or something because they're very small movies, but. New York at Christmas you could tell they were on a budget when they wouldn't get anywhere near close to the Rockefeller tree because they couldn't afford getting the permits to shoot there they shot way across the street where it's blurry in the background
1: I didn't even
2: think about that whereas Home Alone 2 following the wildly successful Home Alone 1 they clearly roped it off because they shot right in front of the tree, Elf right on the ring
1: yeah yeah I didn't even think about that. Hello. Duh. Right. Shooting permits. That's hilarious. Didn't even occur <laughs> to me.
2: <laughs> so that made me laugh no that worries. like they had that they had it in the movie, but it was in the background and then they that's were on the, on the, side of the street.
1: <laughs> Doesn't that seem kind of perfect though for the ramshackle this that this movie is? Yeah. Well, again, just not knocking it for- being a ramshackle, but just the feel of it.
2: And it just seems perfect, too, for, okay, if they've been doing this every Christmas Eve for 10 years, native New Yorkers, they, they wouldn't make the effort necessarily to go to
1: mm-hmm. up
2: close and personal with that tree. So it makes sense. It just right. makes me laugh because I know <laughs> if had the budget, they would have been right in front of the tree.
1: Oh, so funny. I'm going to pay closer attention to that now. I never
2: thought about it. So the director who also wrote this film or co-wrote it. So he got the idea for this movie, the general idea um, about spending Christmas Eve in New York with friends from years ago. He couldn't make it home for Christmas for whatever reason. So he was stuck in New York alone. And he said, there's no, he said, he said it was the most wild experience. Not like he wasn't getting drugged up or anything, but he just said, if you're stuck alone, there's no city more welcoming on Christmas Eve for a misfit than New York. He said, cause everything's open and you'll find the most interesting group of people wandering the streets and in the bars and stuff like that. And he said, you know, that was really his idea for wanting to set one in New York City, Christmas Eve with friends who hmm. had nowhere else to go. Well, that was funny. I've never experienced that, that because I'm always, I'm lucky enough to, you know, have family. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been wandering Christmas Eve but makes me wonder I did like some of the tropes they use of, um so we saw one that was in a bad mom's christmas when my other Kunis's mom talked about Chinese. What are we Jewish? Mm-hmm. And then they go into the Chinese restaurant here, and it's a bunch <laughs> of orthodox <laughs> Orthodox Jewish men <laughs> sitting around. <laughs> and I like that Seth Rogen nodding at them and pointing at his starved David. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: funny. That made me laugh.
0: <laughs> so I get that it, that it that it was meant to be funny and everything, but. Why don't we have better representation of Jews in movies like this, right? Yeah. Like Seth Rogen is, pretty, let me think, I'm trying to think if he's the worst character in the film, um, definitely one of the worst. Um, and he's the sole representation of the, he's the Jewish voice in the film. And it's just, it's sad.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Especially coming off Adam Sandler for a week of being a representative voice of a Jewish character. Right. Yeah, movie makers. We need we need better. We need better movies. We do. Better movies.
2: I know a lot of Jews in this area. They do get Chinese on Christmas. That's how they spend their Christmas eves
0: or Christmas days. Oh, for sure. It's, there's a reason. It's a it's a it's a thing, it's right? Stereotype. It's one of the only. It's one of the only places that was open for the longest time where Jews could go eat on Christmas when they didn't want to be at home. Yeah. No, that's not my issue with it. My issue is like the tacky sweater. His behavior—I don't know—everything's kind of like joking. the
2: tacky sweater. Okay, the tacky sweater. Give the guy a break. Okay, there were tacky Christmas sweaters too. They have tacky Jewish sweaters and stuff.
0: Uh, I'm also going to say that I agree with with uh, um, what's his name when he talked about the the racist uh, under the racist the racist pinnings of his Christmas sweater. These were bad. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh gosh so throughout this movie as well michael shannon plays their old gym teacher who is selling them weed and then in the end they throw in this trope where he's actually an angel the entire time and he flies away got his wings at the end which is an interesting he it was and I remember. Tracy being,
0: Jordan is Santa, like. But I remember being very taken. Uh, hold air. on, hold on, pause, pause. Somebody's getting feedback. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Go ahead. Was I, it, it, it sounded. It sounded
2: very desonnet. So. <laughs> I remember being very taken aback when I saw this movie for the first time. How violently he sprouted those wings and how fast he took off into the air. It kind of like. <laughs> Maybe like a little um uh, i don't want to say scared but it unnerved me the first time i saw it like i had no problem i don't even I had-
1: think i noticed <laughs> i had no problem with him
2: being an angel i kind of even the first time i watched it assumed he like he's the cool figure right he's the angel mm-hmm. in but, See, like, for, me, and-
0: for me i was watching like oh don't tell me they're gonna pull that don't tell me this <laughs> This stoner is gonna be an angel. Like I was thinking it the whole time, and then when they did, I just I did. I rolled my eyes. <laughs> so we're trying
1: to pull as many Christmas references in as they possibly can.
2: And that's one of the things I loved about this movie. Honestly, it was how many references they pulled in.
0: Christmas yeah. references they pulled in. But it's the same thing. I I don't like bad Christmas, bad angels in movies. I just don't.
2: Yeah. It's funny because. So he was a stoner angel. We had the homeless angel in One Magic Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Not a lot of good angels. Lionel oh. was okay in three days. You block that one from your minds.
1: I but... did block that one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> We've had some really bad ones. <laughs> oh, man, I had never put them together like that. No, we had some pretty bad ones.
2: So what do you guys think of Lizzie Kaplan as an actress in general?
1: I think I know her best from Cloverfield. And it's just, I mean, it's all right, I guess. I'm kind of meh about it.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. I never saw 127 Hours, so I can't comment on that one. I guess she was pretty good in that. And uh, I never actually watched the interview either. So uh, I just know her from Mean Girls and Freaks and Geeks and Hot Tub Time Machine and just meh. She's yeah.
2: extraordinary in Masters of Sex on Showtime with Michael Sheen. Got to give her a shout-out for that one. But um, I liked her in this movie. She was yeah. normal in this movie. I felt bad that she... Yeah. <laughs> her getting proposed to in the middle of a crowded club. Like, can't imagine being put on the spot like that.
0: Oh, that was cringe worthy to the max.
2: Yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, it really was. I mean, you kind of had, like... Sarah always says, like public proposals just kind of force you into saying yes, right? When you're doing that, because you're not going to be come across as a bad person and say no in front of all those people,
1: right? Just recant as soon as you're in private, yeah, private space. <laughs> By the way,
0: so you can do yeah. that, and then talk, so you could propose to somebody like that, put them on the spot, and then complain for the rest of your life about your ex-fiance. <laughs> <Gosh>. <laughs>
2: so So, so ba- basically. <laughs>
1: Basically, though,
2: so Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I guess guess Diana's a huge Miley Cyrus fan, and Miley Cyrus is at the Nutcracker Ball. So he gets her to (laughs) let him on stage and make this grand proposal to Diana when they finally get to the ball. She says yes, then immediately retracts it, and he's all upset. And (laughs) Seth Rogen accidentally... Crucifies a football player <laughs> at this ball. <laughs> well, <What the>
0: <laughs> all right. So Julie got to talk about her prudishness. I'm going to talk about my my issue with this. I it just felt sacrilegious. It really did. I know what they're going for, but I don't know. I'm not a fan. I like the crucifica- <laughs> crucifixion. Crucifixion in quotes. I like
2: that part. I found that funny. You would Gosh.
0: Hey we should, have seen it. we should have seen it coming from a mile away With their continual reference to that guy As the white messiah mm-hmm. The football player But the, you guys didn't Because <laughs> I
2: saw it like Especially after the church bit Where he said we did not do that We did not do that But they keep referring to him as the white messiah And then they meet up with him I knew immediately something would happen
1: Well, no, it wasn't in
2: some form.
1: I don't know. Were you surprised, Tom?
0: I wasn't surprised, but I just didn't see it coming.
2: Oh. When it happened, I'm like,
0: oh, of course, this is what they're, yeah.
2: (laughs) So I think why I like the character of Diana so much is because she kind of, her and Chris's mom were kind of the two normal people in this movie and kind of grounded it a little bit Mm -hmm. for me. Like the scene with Chris's mom where she's feeding them. In her house, and then helps makes Chris help her do the dishes
0: and talk as a mother son Mm -hmm. chat. I feel like there was a there was a I feel like there was a disconnect in who she was as a character though. In what way? I don't know when we when we at the end she's got she's carrying so much levity and she's so serious and at the beginning it's just kind of like I don't know her her character did not seem like the same person twice. You mean at the end she was less serious? No, at the end she just seemed more relatable and real. I don't know. She seemed very, to me, when I first saw her, I'm like, okay, this is a typical, oh, my baby hasn't been home, yay, for me. Then at the end, she's like, okay, this is a really cool lady, and he was a jerk for not coming to see his mom.
2: Well, I think she also didn't seem as cool in the scene where they're visiting, because she was also worried about her son, because he hadn't yeah. been home and mm. everything like that. But, but I like, in the end of this film, there is growth for all three character, main characters, well, at least two of them.
0: <laughs> I was about to say.
1: Is there?
2: <laughs> There's definitely a Linus moment, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. There is. I'm not going to argue with that.
2: There is. It's
1: not as satisfying.
0: We've got a few Linus yeah. moments. We've got a few.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, there is absolutely heart in this movie, right? And heart. That was a surprise to me because I really wasn't, I was expecting it to be a lot more one note because that's what we experienced with some of our other ones that are the same genre. But I was very happy that there was heart and that's what pushes this one up for
0: me. Yeah. I can agree with that. I can agree with that. But I mean, do we have to get to the heart by calling your unborn daughter, one of the worst insults on the planet? Do we need yeah. that to get, do we do that to get heart? I'm going to say probably not could do without that. <laughs> of course, Anthony needed that to get to heart. I mean, if it wasn't for that, he wouldn't have related, right? Oh, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue, but... I didn't mean to... I
2: said right at the beginning, the character, the plot line with Seth Rogen getting high was the one that I could do mm-hmm. most
0: without. Yeah. Yeah. I said that... Yeah, as much said... as you guys did, because there were parts that made me laugh. Well, but I, uh, I did... I did like the heart at the end where, like, they come together and realize, oh, crap, having a kid is scary. We don't know what we're doing, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. I really did like that part, though.
2: hmm hmm Well, no, exactly. I felt like there was heart to that scene. There was heart when Ethan went to Diana's house to apologize and make up with her. And there was heart with Chris, too. You right? He went home to yeah. his mom. Mm-hmm and stop trying to impress those guys. They had their own little Christmas, you know, it's the same journey so many of these classic Christmas stories go on from Mm -hmm. Christmas Eve to Christmas Day where they grow up. I mean, one of the taglines of this film was three childhood friends become three wise men.
0: The other tagline for this movie is the perfect stoner Christmas movie. (laughs) I think one of them rings a little more true to me. (laughs) You know what I did notice? I'm glad I came to New York because I did notice that uh, when they're in Manhattan and they're getting on the F train at Church Avenue, it's not the Church Avenue station. And I wouldn't have noticed that had it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm totally reading that off of uh, IMDb.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I did notice one thing that, that I was, that I, I did notice one thing that's on IMDb that I want to point out a mistake. Uh, when Ethan's like pulls out his phone at Chris's mom's house, he uses the calculator to call. Did notice that? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I didn't know. I, I, so, you know, sometimes I like reading these, you know, the the bloopers or whatever, the the goofs on IMDb. But uh-huh. I, I didn't notice, and I felt I went back and rewatched it, but I didn't notice like you were talking about uh, when they were filming and what they got rights to and stuff. But I didn't realize a lot of those was filmed in New York in the summer right but if you but when i went back and and listeners if you have this you should go back to the scene where they're all running in the snow to get mm-hmm. to to the hospital and then they find mr green's car like there's snow all around mr green's car but as you look down the street there's no snow oh, <laughs> like this, that. the snow stops i didn't notice that so uh there was oh, that God. was funny to go back and see
2: oh, oh. that's fun that that's funny in a lot of movies like uh you want to talk halloween the original halloween which was shot on a very low budget that was shot in the dead heat of summer but they would spend all their time decorating one lawn with leaves and fall decorations and then if you had a wide shot that showed the house next door green grass trees all over the place (laughs) it's funny funny yeah stuff like that (laughs) yeah that stuff's cool and i mean Lots of movies do stuff like that. You you are constrained by when and where you're shooting.
0: Yeah. but, hmm. well, did, was, but there you, one, was there one particular line in this movie that made you laugh more than any other one?
2: For me, I don't have the exact quote, but it's when she talks about Hans Gruber and the Sticky Bandits being her heroes. And then she falls off the building backwards like Hans Gruber. That, that I appreciated that. And it's the same one when she threw the marbles or whatever down and he slips and he's like, she home alone me. Like I loved everything with that grinchy
0: character. They were micro machines. Were she they? Said mi- she said micro machine and I got so excited. Oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, micro machines. Anyway, that was one line that got me and it's, I don't know why, but I still laugh even just thinking about it. When, uh, uh, after the party and you realize that Mr. Green threw on the party or when we're about to find that out and they're talking and, Asked how Miley Cyrus was, and and Joseph Gordon Levitt says, you know, she was fine. And he looked at him and just said, "We both know Miley was flawless." <laughs> 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 what a random line, especially at this point. You know, he's he's an angel. Just yeah, it was just. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Julie, did I at least a scene that made you laugh? A scene you liked?
1: Um, I mean, probably the one that you mentioned. I like I, I like the references to. Other, other Christmas movies, Christmas stuff that I love so yeah
2: probably that one and, and I do appreciate too with this film how Christmassy it looked yes the lights even even all the bars and shops they went to just decked out with lights and decorations I appreciated that yeah I was thankful for that so would you say this is a Christmas movie whether or not it's a Christmas movie you
0: like was it a Christmas movie
1: yeah it's a Christmas uh, movie everything
0: everything about the movie was Christmas yeah, they they were trying sure. to yeah, and defining what Christmas means when you grow up. And mm-hmm. I did like the last scene of the the very last scene where they're all together like in a family setting like mm-hmm. these they're they're still spending their Christmas together but they've all grown and what it means what you know what this friendship means has turned into a a family it was so much better mm-hmm.
2: yeah so their fr- their friends. They're are still their family, but they also have their actual families with them at the end. I like that too, and it's one big mm-hmm. happy family. And they went to go sing the baby to sleep with Christmas and Hollis, mm-hmm. which again <laughs> well, it was, was funny, was cute for this movie. It was
1: um, it reminded me a Three Men and a Baby, yeah, in a weird modern way.
2: But yeah, you mentioned it. Earlier before Tom, but then we got sidetracked. Tracy Morgan as Santa slash the narrator. No. <laughs> I'm not a Tracy
0: Morgan fan in anything. Mm-mm. There were some funny moments of 30 Rock, let's be honest.
1: Yeah, okay. I, I could yeah.
0: But that's because I could say
2: there are funny moments that's just about there. I find there are funny moments in Adam Sandler movies too. It doesn't mean I
0: like him. Yeah. But you well you said he's not he's not funny, but there are Yeah,
1: no, he made me laugh on that show. He
0: he has, again, we're down to a one-trick pony. Yep. Yep. And sometimes that trick lands, you can stick the landing, and sometimes you can't.
1: Well, yeah, when it lasts for 15 seconds, it's perfect. (laughs) When it's more than that, it's a lot. (laughs) It's a lot of him.
2: (laughs) So on our list of endless Santas we've covered so far, where does Tracy Morgan Santa (laughs) fall on that list? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Is he below or above Santa's sleigh Santa Below Yep Is he below or above a Christmas story Santa
1: so, Oh hmm. that's hard He's, <laughs> that one's he's hard better because... He's better than a Christmas story I hate that that. So.
0: <laughs> I will argue <laughs> I will argue that if we'd seen more of him I don't think that would be the case
1: He was jolly at least Oh you think so? You don't think so? I think, if, I, think of, I, think
0: if, I think if we had Santa. watched I, I think if we had had to watch Tracy Jordan playing Santa for a bunch longer I think we'd have a different opinion
1: yeah. I don't know I really hate that Christmas story Santa
0: you're <laughs> supposed really to, to right
2: you are you are oh, I just really hate him <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> okay so a Christmas movie passes the Linus test Yep. so why don't we rank it
1: I'm Ooh. gonna come out of the gate and give it a 3 I'm
2: gonna give it a 2.51 I'm going to give it 8.45. Woo! Unexpected. Which gives it 4.653. A 4.653 puts it at It puts it at number 30 in between Batman Returns and A Bad Moms Christmas. It falls right next to A Bad Moms Christmas. How funny
0: is that? All
1: right. <laughs> I mean, I put them in the same category.
0: You said it's, it's above Mom's it's Christmas? above Batman, Bad Mom's Christmas. It's above. Because of Anthony. I I, I gave it a 2.51. I gave it 0.01 higher than Bad Moms.
1: I gave it exactly the same
0: as Bad Moms. I gave it 0.25 higher than
2: Bad Moms. Hmm. Interesting. Again, that that comes down to the heart. I think it had a little more heart, in my opinion. Yeah.
0: Muy, muy interesante.
2: So we did get some listener feedback about this movie. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Somebody else got to share it. I'm so out of the loop this week, guys. I'm sorry. I'm going to be a slacker and just listen for the first time now about what people think about this movie.
2: (laughs) So so the first piece of listener feedback we got was from Loyal Listener, that Revit guy. And he wrote, I've so been looking forward to this movie on your podcast. I actually put the Blu-ray on my Christmas last, last year because I didn't own a copy and went and bought it with a gift card to ensure that I can watch it every year during the holidays. The story itself is very heartfelt and deals well with the various stages of becoming an adult and having things change, including relationships with good friends. I love that Each person is dealing with different things in their lives, like a huge football career or getting ready to have a baby, and they still make time to spend Christmas with their friend carrying the tradition they created when their, his parents died. I really liked how well JGL and Seth Rogen play off of each other as well. I really liked the movie 50-50 that they did together too. I hope Julia can get past the dirty humor and see the heart in this one. We
0: all agree. There's heart. We all agree it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And on Facebook, we had a pretty similar positive review. Um, so on Facebook, Christine Alexander mentioned, um, she loves this movie. Her history is seeing it with her husband and three sons in the theater. When it came out, her daughter was too young at the time, 13 years old. I think wise choice choice. Um, we all liked it. It's on her annual must-watch Christmas canon list, so I thought that was interesting. No, that's legit. Um, she also mentioned... I'm with you, Christine. <laughs> she mentions that after the movie Wrecking Ball and Runaway immediately became part of songs you regularly hear and Mom's Car that require you to sing along <laughs> and the Christmas playlist. The film's inclusion of Christmas in Hollis is even more of a bonus now that she has love for tis the podcast love that christmas song so you made anthony <laughs> smile with that one um i could appreciate this she says generally i'm not an intense fan or follower of seth rogan movies i like some but mostly could take or leave them the whole tracy morgan drug culture thing is not my thing james franco generally creeps me out i adore mindy kaling but she isn't a huge part of the film All that said, somehow I was smitten at the trailer months before and the movie did not let her down. Watching it in the harsh light of a morning in March, two possible explanations come to mind for her love. One, the character of Ethan reminds her of her oldest son. And two, I think Julia will understand there is awesome Christmas lighting in just about every scene. Great Christmas soft blur atmosphere. And since this last holiday season, she can attest that New York City does it right. Uh, This film looks like Christmas in New York that she got to see in person. So that's super cool. Um, I do like that she mentions um, all of my same misgivings about this movie and that she still liked it. So it kind of justified me a little bit personally. So thank you so much for your feedback on Facebook and I mean everywhere, all of the great feedback we get. These were fun and unexpected for me to see such love for this movie going into it.
2: She, she did pose an interesting question. Her message, though, was anyone else disappointed with the Nutcracker ball? She was expecting more over-the-top decor atmosphere, <laughs> guest cameos, especially after the cool train entrance. Uh, yeah, I actually thought they would be more over-the-top, too. I loved the train entrance and the tunnel of lights into the ball. But.
1: I guess that's the budget, though, huh? They blew it all on Miley Cyrus.
2: <laughs> so thanks for your feedback, guys. Thank you.
1: Yeah. Keep the feedback coming. Um, we're on Facebook at Tis the Podcast. We are on Twitter at Tis the Pod. We have a good active subreddit, um, r slash the Podcast. And you can find us through email if you want to send us some email like that or um, chat with us anywhere. You get your social media. Oh, Instagram too, at Tis the Podcast. Come talk to us.
0: And check us out on Patreon. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think we have too many bloopers this week that we had to cut out but we'll be adding those now and we've got a very special offer coming up for our patrons. So stay tuned. Something very cool happening. We're not quite ready to announce, but in the next two weeks we will. And we
2: know we've been slacking with bonus episodes, but rectifying that next week we will be covering 1977's of Flintstones Christmas. And the week after that, we will be covering the office Christmas
0: specials from the UK All right, y'all. 6,768 hours left until Christmas.
1: That's only 282 days.
0: That's 40 weeks. We're out of the 40s next week, guys. Yay! We are. I
2: can't can't believe it's like mid-March already. The podcast definitely helps the days go by.
1: It really does. Mm -hmm. I'm so thankful for you guys. I'm thankful for you guys. I'm so thankful for all of our listeners, too.
0: I'm thankful for most of our listeners.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Honestly, though, like when we go a week without recording, it does feel longer.
1: It really does. I think that had to do with this week feeling so long.
2: Yep. But bright side, recording on Thursday night, next day's Friday, not so bad. <laughs> nope, not bad at all. So, anyways, Flintstones Christmas. Do your homework, guys, and we'll speak to you next week.